Angela, we're always making lists of the places we want to go, and I've got another one for you. Williamsburg, Virginia. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, an outdoor enthusiast, a thrill seeker, a history buff, or just friends looking for a good happy hour, you'll find what you came for. There is lots of good food and drink to be found in Williamsburg. There's contemporary cuisine. There's local craft breweries. I heard there's a winery. Wineries, yes. You could go for a girls' weekend, a romantic couples' trip, or a family vacation. So for your next vacation, visit Williamsburg. At Third Love, bras can be sexy and comfortable. And they have a great fit-you guide on the website that I use to get the perfect fit. That's right. You can solve every problems. Get it? It's a problem, Jenna. It's a bra problem. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I got it. With Third Love. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's what the problem they solved for me were two things. They solved my saggy strap problem and the fact that I'm a little bit of an extra in my cup size and they have bras in half cups. I love Third Love. It's time to get your problem solved. Use code PODCAST15 for $15 off your order at thirdlove.com. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch Podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're the Office Ladies. Hey, welcome back to Office Ladies. It is Angela Kinsey. And Jenna Fisher. And we're going to be talking today about healthcare. Healthcare, one of my favorite episodes from season one. I love it. I love this episode because to me, it's the office at its best because it's ordinary people doing ordinary things and it all goes south. And it's big stakes because having a job that has good healthcare is everything. So yes. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Healthcare. It was written by Paul Lieberstein, Mm -hmm. who plays Toby Toby. Flenderson. Yes. And directed by Ken Whittingham. I love Ken. And we love Ken. Ken is the tall, gentle man. Like, he is just, like, so sweet and kind. Oh, you and I would talk to Ken all the time. All the time. Yeah. Probably, like, too much. Like, he probably at some point was like, uh, <laughs> was ladies, like, I, I have work to I do. I kind of have work to do. And we're like, hi, Ken. He's just so lovely. We had Ken back a lot. Over the entire nine seasons, he directed nine episodes of The Office, including... Phyllis's wedding. Yes. You just had a little bit of St. Louis there. I, I hear did. It, I hear it every once in a while, but you said over. Oh, is that a St. Louis thing? I don't know, but you say some words like different. The, I think I oh, think it's St. Louis. The biggest St. Louis thing that I don't do, but that Phyllis does, speaking of Phyllis, is farty far. Oh. So we have a highway there called mm-hmm. Highway 44. Yeah. They call it farty far and you eat with a fark. Yeah. Sometimes rain, rain and Phyllis sat back to back. You know? Yeah. And every once in a while, Rain would just turn around to Phyllis and say, Phyllis, say 44. And she would like, (laughs) Phyllis, like when she gets really tickled, she snorts when she laughs. So she'd be like, (laughs) party far. (laughs) Okay. All right. Keep going. All right. Well, let me do a summary of healthcare. It's pretty simple. Jan tells Michael that he needs to pick a cheaper healthcare plan for his employees to help prevent downsizing. Michael gives the job to Dwight and then hides in his office all day. Because he knows oh, yeah. no one is going to want their health care slashed. This is classic Michael passing the buck. For which sure. Which you're going to see over and over and over in the lifetime of the show. So after Dwight picks a plan that slashes almost all the benefits and the entire office revolts, Michael promises us a surprise. 
Very yes. vague. <laughs> yes, which is which is what you do with your children when you have to give them right bad news, but there's going to be a surprise. It's so true. And what I think is interesting is that everyone is skeptical, but also... Like, well, maybe there is a surprise. It's so sad. It could be a surprise. It's a little bit like Charlie Brown kicked the football. Like, you know, when Lucy kept doing that. I feel like they're like, there's no way he's going to come through. But maybe because we hate our job so much. So maybe there'll be something nice. going to happen. But then Michael has to spend the entire rest of the day scrambling to come up with something. Yeah. And what he comes up with is. Oh, just nothing. a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Just nothing. <laughs> yes. All right, Jenna, do you want to do some fast facts? You know I do, Angela. I know you do. You know it. All right. So my first fast fact is that after the pilot episode, which we talked about, was pretty much a word-for-word adaptation of the mm-hmm. British pilot, because this was a British television show before it was an American television yes. show. After that, we started writing all original episodes. So Diversity Day was all original. It was our story. And this is all original with the exception of a little wink, a little nod to the <gasps> British show. What? Trivia master? What? So in an episode of The British Office, their Dwight character, whose name is Gareth, mm-hmm. he gets to lead an investigation into some dirty emails that Mm -hmm. came into the office. And so he takes over the conference room, and he even puts a little sign on the window. Mm -hmm. And that is the little thing that we stole for this episode, is that Dwight is going to do that same thing. He's going to take over the conference room. Yes. Ah. But in this case, it is to pick a new health care plan for the company. Right. So we did that from time to time. We just do, like, these little nods to the British show, which I always think are kind of fun, especially because there were people who were huge fans of the original who were then watching our show, and that was like a little treat. Well, I like it. I like where your head's at. Starting out this episode you with like some it? really good trivia, Jenna. I like where you're going. Oh. I like it. I've got my note cards ready, lady. Do you want to hit me with a note card or shall I continue with fast facts? No, no, no. Do your fast facts. I got some note cards waiting for you, though. All right. Well, this is a fast fact, and it's actually something, Angela, that you pointed out. Oh, it's is it a Kinsey fast fact? It's a Kinsey fast fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that this is the first time we see Devin and Creed at their desks. Oh, yes, yes. I love spotting little things in the background. You, do you, you want- are, I, I'm going to label you our background expert. No, don't. I'm not the expert. You are, but you notice those things. You really notice continuity stuff. Was it because you spent so much time in the background, Angela? Is that a dig? No, we all did. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, I'm we totally did, kidding. but I'm like... All right, Miss Front Reception. Let me tell you something. Back in accounting corner, we noticed shiitake, okay? We noticed things. No, um, but you were always lurking back there. Lurking? So I thought, well, maybe you're- now I'm a lurker? I thought maybe, you know, you're noticing more of what's happening back there. Some real truths coming out today. You know what I noticed in this episode? That Jim has an E.T. on his desk. An a ET what? doll, like a little extraterrestrial. Yes, doll? see ET. what I'm saying. This is a, <laughs> this is a Kinsey background observation. He's wearing. He's got a little ET on his desk, and the ET is wearing like a blue coat. <laughs> so, I have um, never noticed. that. I know it's that it's that uh, for you guys watching. It's at 14 minutes around 35 seconds. There's an ET on Jim's desk, and I'm like, what the heck? I don't remember that ET. Okay. Anyway, see if you see ET at 14 minutes. Wow. See what I'm saying? You did have a note card. I have a ton of note cards. There you go. I have more. Okay, go. All right, Angela. Here's my last fast fact. And this is something I learned when I was doing my prep for this episode and I listened to the DVD commentary. So this is the third episode of season one. 
However, we shot it sixth. What? Yeah. So I remember we shot the pilot and then we waited like six months to yeah. see if we got picked up. Yeah. And then when we did get picked up, the writers had turned in, like they had all their scripts ready for season one because there were only five more to do. That's right. We only did six. We did not shoot them in the same order in which they aired. So when we finished this episode, we all said goodbye. Oh my gosh. Do you know that? I remember that now. That puts a whole different filter on it now, like rewatching it, because I feel like we were really loosey-goosey in this episode. I mean, we're going to talk about it, but a few of us just full-on laugh and it's in the episode. But we were really, we were a tight-knit group by the time friends. we were filming this. Yeah, yeah we were all pals And I think time. it shows in the episode. And I think that might also be why I have such, like, a warm place in my heart for this episode. Because mm-hmm. when we were filming this episode, we really believed, we really, really believed that this was the last one we would ever do. Oh, for sure. I thought we were not coming back at all. And I had my name, like, they they printed out our name like on paper, but then laminated it, you know, for our trailer door. Yeah, with a little bit of Velcro and that was on our trailer door. And I took my little laminated piece of paper that said my name. Me too. I still have it. I still have it. You know what I did? What? I made a mixtape. Oh my God. I made a mixtape <laughs> and I called it something like Scranton oh. Sounds. Sounds of Scranton. Sounds of Scranton. And um and I gave it to John, Rain, Steve, and BJ, along with a tiny homemade scrapbook of some photos. And then and then you said, hi, 1994 called. <laughs> <laughs> they want my mixtape back. I'm sure those uh, guys were like, this is and you were like, listen, the listen, girliest listen, present yeah. I've ever been given. I just picture you giving that mixtape to people and some people like, they don't even have a tape player in their car. No one. It was a CD. Okay. It was a mixed CD. I call it mixtape. Okay. I pictured an actual No, mixtape. it wasn't a cassette. It was a CD. I am certain if I had to bet money, mm-hmm. I am certain no one ever listened to it. Oh. I listen to it all the time. You just, you listened to it in your car ride because it, yeah. it was the sounds of Scranton It was the you. sounds of Scranton. This is real. So my commute to where we filmed the first season of The Office was very long. It was over an hour because mm-hmm. I lived in the San Fernando Valley and we shot in Culver City. And if you live in Los Angeles or have ever been here, that is a very long commute in the mornings. Yes. And I wanted to, quote unquote, get in character. So I wanted to pretend like I was driving in Scranton. So I wanted some <laughs> sounds of Scranton. Did you did you like I had a research what people were listening to in Scranton? I like didn't. how do you know? I, how do you know well, these are the sounds of Scranton? You know what? I really don't. I'm gonna say I made a lot of assumptions. And I kind of went back to my college days mm-hmm. and I had some classic rock mm-hmm. and a little bit of Garth Brooks. But now that I'm saying it, I realize I don't really know what East Coast people listen to. Mm-hmm. I was so Whatever. It put me in a headspace. Okay. Well, I just want you to know, I want the Sounds of Scranton on our website. I I'm going to look for it. I want the playlist. I bet I still have also, it. Also, I want to know if it's it was It's going to be embarrassing. If it was a CD, I want to know, did you make a little cover and write out each song or did you type them out and print it? Is there a photo? What's the cover of the CD? The cover of the CD is a collage mm-hmm. of different pictures <laughs> that remind me of Scranton. <laughs> Wait, 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 no, 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 wait, please stop, (laughs) please stop. These aren't photos of people on the show. No. 
they're they're images of Scranton that yeah. you like you like got from the computer you got right. from the internet and it's a collage and so they're photos of Scranton yes and it's called Sounds of Scranton right you and are I the would biggest dork it, I know and I you would are listen to it on my dork. drive oh to my get god. into the character of Pam oh my god and then I would go to work it's, this is all why I love you this is why <laughs> I love you because I want to be best friends with a person that prints images of places in Scranton. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a collage. Well, and then makes up a CD. Oh as my I'm God. telling this story now, it's occurring to me that when you live in a city, you don't make a tribute CD of the city of you city. Li- live well, in. Like guess I, what? I lived in St. Louis my whole life, and I never drove mm-hmm. around with a CD called Sounds of St. Louis. Well, I'm going to now. Sounds of Los Angeles. Ooh, it's let's make it. I didn't know what to give as a rap gift. That's a thing. Do people know that when you finish a series, mm-hmm. when you finish a season of a show, it's sort of customary to give out little presents to mm-hmm. your cast members or to some of your crew members. Mm-hmm. And so I really did not know what to give out. You know, sounds Kate of Flannery, I give out Sounds of Scranton. Kate Flannery had these Dunder Mifflin candles made. Do you remember she, that? I have it. I still have it. I have it. Yeah. And she gave out like a Dunder Mifflin well, candle. But she, we, we really gifted. We were like, we're yeah. done. I got everyone to sign my script. So I still have that, and that's really cool. And Kate gave me a photo of her and I standing at our trailers because we shared a trailer. Kate and I had a trailer, and just the only thing between our toilets was like a plastic accordion door. So if I sat on my toilet and she sat on hers, our knees touched. So we made a vow to never use our toilets. We were like, we just can't. We can't. That's just not going to happen. I remember that. You remember our <laughs> plastic yeah, accordion door? I do. That didn't even really shut. So we just opened it and just shared basically one room with two toilets. Well, when I think back to that time, I remember having anxiety about, I mean, I've just had the most thrilling experience of my acting life. I had been a struggling actor for eight years before mm-hmm. I got my job on the office. I'd never had a regular role on anything I'd done pilots, but they never got picked up. So this was my first series. And I thought, well, what do I do? If this show gets canceled, I guess I just go back to the beginning. I mean, we could have all had to go back and get day jobs again. I mean, so Kate Flannery and I both, we did not quit our day jobs for the first season of The Office. Oh, I remember that. Kate Flannery was still a waitress at Kate Manalini in, in Beverly Hills. And so she would work on The Office and then she'd go wait tables. I remember that. Yeah. And I was working at iOS, which is an improv theater, and um, I was helping run the office. And I stayed on and would help. Yeah. I just would have gone back to helping run a theater and improv classes. And I ran the intern program. I fired someone who's now famous, one of my interns. Who? Can you say? He's a lovable person, and I love him. Tell me. So this was my intern who was always late. He was always late. The higher-ups said, okay, you can be late three times, and then you get fired. And so as an intern, his job was to keep the restroom clean or he had to come early, set up the box office. Okay, like we needed him there early and uh, he was late a lot, but I really liked him. And then finally they were like, you're going to have to fire him. So he walks in one day and his name is Derek Waters, creator of Drunk History, creator of Drunk History. And he walked in and he was really late. And I was like, hey, Derek. And he's like, hey, Angela, are you going (laughs) to fire me today? And I was like, I am. And he goes, "Okay." Oh, my gosh. Angela, he told me this story. I wrote a book, Mm -hmm. everyone plug, 
The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. Check it out. Nice flex. Nice flex. Local bookstores. Check it out. I wrote a book, and I interviewed Derek Mm -hmm. in the book, and he told me the story of being fired from I.O. I did not know it was you that fired him. It was me. But it's still very much on his mind because he mentioned it in an interview. I know. But anyway, I would just go back to running a theater, basically. I have something. So I know healthcare is about the office finding a good healthcare plan and the downsizing. I know the overall arc of this episode, but I just want you to know I have started calling this episode the Pam Sass. The Pam Sass? Uh-huh, and it's going to come up throughout this episode where Pam is super sassy. Well, well. Uh-huh. It starts off right away when Michael comes up to you and you say, "I'm not making any copies." Like, you're sassy, out of the gate, lady. And then then you say, oh, do you want me to repeat the messages for the, and like, you look to camera. I have many more as we go through this oh episode. Oh my God, what were you, did I piss you off before you watched this episode? No. And then you're just looking for sass <laughs> moments? I am not. Hey, listen, you rewatch it and right away, you're just like, you are here. I like, feel you are not I'm here to sorry. mess around. You try having a boss like Michael Scott and see what kind of mood it puts you in. Well, you were sassy in this I one. I was matter of fact. Pam sass. Oh okay, go. Goodness. Go on. What's out? What else is there? That's it. All right, lady, I think we should take a break. I think we should, but I think we should tell everyone that when we come back from our break, we're going to have a special guest. Well, I think you just told them. I did. It's going to be a tall drink of water. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rain Wilson. Yes. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Your home is your creative canvas. It can be an expression of your unique style, and only Wayfair has everything you need to bring that vision to life. All right, we just got my daughter the cutest cozy swivel chair, and it's like fuzzy, and it sits in the corner of her bedroom, and I love it. Well, Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on big stuff like your fluffy chair, Ange. They'll even help you set it up. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com, Wayfair, every style, every home. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh, no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space, you know? 
I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com slash office ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It's time to break down the healthcare episode. Let's do it. All right, we're going to go a little rogue here. Okay. We're going to do a phone call. <gasps> With Rain Wilson. With Rain Wilson. Yeah, there were just too many things about this episode that were Dwight-centered, and we had a lot of questions from fans that I think we needed to go straight to the source. We agreed. We agreed, and Rain said yes, and we're so thrilled. So we're going to talk to Rain. We're going to call him. Let's call Rain. Hello. Is this Rain Wilson? Hey, Rain. It is Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, it's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. What's up, fella? How are you? Thanks uh, for I'm, doing this. I'm great, guys. Yeah? I'm really good. I'm um, I'm launching a podcast this week called Metaphysical Milkshake. <gasps> oh! And I'm doing that with Reza Aslan. And is this in coordination with Soul Pancake? It is, yes. And it's, uh, it's life's big questions of, you know, philosophy and psychology and spirituality and sociology. And we're talking to some of the world's greatest minds with some super interesting stories. I love and, that. Uh, that launches uh, very soon. That is so you, Rain. That is, that is so, so you. You are so the great. person I go to with all of those questions in life. We can tell people I have called you on occasion sobbing. You are my person that I trust with uh, those big life moments. So this makes total That's sense. So sweet. It's true. That's so sweet. Yes. And I call you anytime I have an issue in the kitchen or anything You're with cooking or bread, anything, anything yeast-related whatsoever. I will say this, whatsoever. though, Rain, you know what I love is that you do reach out to Jenna and I in times when you're definitely, like, wanting, like, love and support, and I love that we are all there for each other like that. It's true. Oh, yeah. You guys are like the sisters that I never had. Oh, you're too. We've talked about you a little bit, like how you would look at us and say, like, look at them. They just, like, they're two hens, like, click, 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 click. They will not stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if the listeners could only know what those conversations were like on the set. I mean, it's just like. I made the best lasagna. You did? I love lasagna. One time I went to Italy, I had lasagna. You know, you went to Italy. I've been to Spain once. I like Spain. I mean, Rain, Spanish Rain. so handsome. Do you <laughs> like ham? I love ham. They, were, they weren't even that interesting, Rain. They weren't even That's that interesting. That's way more interesting. That is like way more, <laughs> way more fascinating than anything we ever talked about for hours on end. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so Okay, true. well, we have some questions for you about the healthcare episode. We do. All Jenna, right, go. So we're talking to you about the healthcare episode, which is appropriate because this is a, a Dwight A storyline. Big storyline. Story your, your first real big one, right? Wow, thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. <laughs> yeah, from 2004. Yeah, thank you. Hey, you did some great stuff a decade ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. All right, so I want I want to ask you, Rain, just what comes to mind for you when you first think of the healthcare episode? That was the first episode that I remember that we spent an inordinate amount of time in the conference room. Yeah, and 
I remember saying hot dog fingers. Hot that dog was very fingers. Funny. Which totally made us break. And they left it in the episode. Rain, I full on start laughing. And then Brian breaks character and points to me and starts laughing. And it's still in the that episode. That is your real laughing. In That's that. me really laughing. It's true. They left in the edit, you guys breaking, you guys cracking over these diseases. and <laughs> I, I, It's truly hysterical. But I do remember saying to Kate Flannery, didn't I say like, you had your vagina removed, and she's like, "It was a, it was a hysterectomy. It was my uterus." Or something I still like have that. a vagina. Yes, that was in the yeah, conference yeah. room. But when you first come out, this is a frequently asked fan question, which is, "Did you guys improvise the fake diseases, mm-hmm. or were they scripted?" And I remember that there were scripted fake diseases, but then at a certain point. Just Paul and the director and other writers came down and they were just handing you a piece of paper with improvised fake diseases. And none of us knew you were going to say hot dog fingers. It was a complete and utter surprise that was not in the script. Do you remember that? Yes. So that's exactly there were some very funny ones that were scripted and uh, nano robot Mm -hmm. uh, micro invasion or whatever that one was. Right. That was in there. And a lot of great ones were in there. But yeah, they kept feeding me other ones. It was very hard for me to keep a straight face. I I broke (laughs) all the time. I know. I remember thinking, how are we going to have any usable takes? I didn't know. Because we all kept laughing. You know, you get to a certain point in laughing when you just cross a line where you've just been tickled too much. Much and you just can't bring it back. Yeah, that happened. You know, that happened maybe like I won't say every episode, but every two to three episodes that kind of happened for me, and it absolutely happened um, in this one. But my friend Kevin, Kevin Isola, who's an actor in New York, he uh, he was visiting the set, and he was the one who actually threw out hot dog fingers. Oh, oh my gosh, my that's God. amazing. Kevin. Yeah, that's his claim to fame. Yeah. His claim, his claim to, to fame. I hope he has a shirt that, that just says, says hot, hot dog fingers. fingers. I mean, I feel like I'm we. Gonna, I am going to buy him that shirt right now. In send fact, that to that him. That would be a really good. That would be a really good shirt. It would uh, be. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, hot dog fingers. Rain, you have one of my favorite talking heads in this episode. I mean, there's so many. You have so many good ones over the years, but this is like the one, definitely season one, that is like. It sort of is like the quintessential in for Dwight. Yes, it's the lion. Your whole like like your whole rant about in the wild there is no healthcare. In the wild healthcare is right. like, ow, I hurt my leg. Should like, we play it? Do you want yeah. us to play it, Rain? We have that ability here. We're really high yeah, tech. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. You want to listen it. to right. yourself deliver a great talking head? I do. In the wild there is no healthcare. In the wild healthcare is ow, I hurt my leg. I can't run. A lion eats me, and I'm dead. Well, I'm not dead. I'm the lion. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. The only thing I'll say about that one was, you know, we were really establishing Dwight and his logic and how seriously he took himself and these kind of rules that Dwight started to develop where he's very hierarchical and Mm -hmm. status and like this is this is how things must be done but he has a completely different set of rules um than other people do um just how how he sees the world so one of the things i think that has given the character enduring appeal is um he sees the world in a very clear way Mm -hmm. with these kind of 
stratus, stratum, stratum hierarchies Mm -hmm. of rights and wrongs and moralities and how things work and how they should work. And they're very severe. And this is one of the first talking heads that kind of like dove, delved into that world of Dwight. And it's all Paul Lieberstein. He wrote that and he was very happy with, he was so excited to kind of help. He really helped direct. He wasn't directing the episode, but he was right there kind of giving a ton of notes on different inflections and ways to say it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. This is totally random, but Rain, in rewatching this during that talking head, you're passing out the new healthcare plan. You're tossing it to people. You're handing it around the office. And it looks like you have a lollipop in your mouth. There is a white stick sticking out of your mouth as you're passing all these papers out. You should know something about this podcast, Rain, which is that Angela is constantly picking up on these weird little details. Well, I'm just like, what the heck? When I rewatch, I'm like, does Rain as Dwight is, are you sucking on a lollipop as you're passing this out? Because that's brilliant. I have no memory of that whatsoever, but I think maybe I was. Yeah. Well, look, around four minutes, 50 seconds, you like have, it looks like a lollipop in your mouth. Did you hear that? Four minutes, 30 seconds. No, 50, around 50 seconds. 50 seconds. You're just like flippantly passing these papers, though, sucking on a lollipop. I thought it was really cool and powerful. (laughs) I don't know. I loved it. Well, this leads us into the scene with Jim and Pam confronting you about, um, confronting Dwight about picking a horrible plan where he slashed all the benefits. You have all those other great Dwightisms where you say you've never been sick, that you have uh, an amazing immune Mm -hmm. system to which, Mm -hmm. you know, we ask you, how can you have a great immune system if you've never been sick? And it's just, you have great genes. And that's when you say that you can raise and lower your cholesterol at will. At will. And I Mm -hmm. say, why would you want to raise your cholesterol? And you say, so I can lower it. I remember shooting that scene with you, and I remember that was the couplet that I couldn't get through. Why would you? you, That was the one that got me. And that was a question from a fan, actually. Christopher said, how many times did it take for you and Rain to get through the cholesterol scene? And I can't remember how many times, but it was a lot, Christopher. Yeah, it's, it's funny how in history, looking back on The Office, there are these quotes that pop out that become like the classic quotes of the character. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, for Dwight, there's like 15 or 20 kind of Dwightisms mm-hmm. that um, stand the test of time and that fans love to, you know, identity theft is not a joke, Jim, you know, some of these ones and, uh, and the cholesterol one is, is definitely one of them. I feel like another one of those phrases that people talk about is the Count Choculitis, <laughs> the scene when right. you are uh, confronting Jim. But also something that ended up on the cutting room floor from this where you actually had meetings with a bunch of people in the office. You shot something where you confronted Oscar. You ha- I think you had a meeting with him, didn't you, Angela? And it was very short. Probably, Where he yeah. asks you if you wrote the fake diseases. Because he goes through and, like, interviews people. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in your interview with Jim, you say, Count Choculatus. Why did you write that down, Jim? Is it because you know I love Count Chocula? 
um, love the idea that you love Count Chocula, that that's what Dwight has for breakfast in the mornings, or maybe late at night while he's watching TV. Yeah, maybe TV. it's a snack. Maybe he models himself after Count Chocula. Maybe there's a, <laughs> he has an affinity for Count Chocula, the, the character, the person behind the cereal. Yeah, yeah, not even the cereal. It's not the cereal. The that's right. He loves Count Chocula, yeah, the cereal. He's more, he's the more just connected to Count to actual Count Chocula. He, <laughs> he, he relates to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought it up earlier. There's also the conference room scene when uh, you start announcing ailments and you tell us that if we want it covered, we have to fess up and admit that it's a real disease. And that's when you have that bit with Meredith where she says, you say inverted penis. And she's like, she said, do you mean vagina? Because Mm -hmm. if so, I want that covered. And then, um, then you bring up, I thought you didn't have a vagina. You had a hysterectomy. And then she has that great line. I still have a vagina. Yeah, I think I improvised. I improvised that. And this is early on. We started to kind of like wait. Improvise you improvised that she had a hysterectomy. Did you no, improvise she, that because was, that, that pays his, that pays off later in another episode? No, 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 no. That's that that was in there. The hysterectomy, but I that the line that I thought you didn't have a vagina. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, because was you. Mine. Oh, okay. That yeah. that sounds like you. <laughs> Isabel has been wanting to watch The Office Rain, and I I haven't let her yet, but now, like, all of her friends have seen it in fifth grade, and so I let her watch this episode with me. In fifth grade, her friends have seen Her friends, oh my God, they're obsessed. Oh, that's when it starts now. That's when it starts. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. But fifth grade is young. Fifth grade is young, and so Isabel hasn't seen The Office, and I, I didn't have her watch it because I didn't think it was age appropriate, and also, I just need to be mom, you know, and... But she's getting more curious now, and so she loves the bloopers. So we've watched the bloopers because they were on YouTube. And then I was re-watching this episode, and she wanted to watch it. So I let her watch it with me, and it's – so her her introduction to the office is healthcare. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so – Anal fissures. That's it. That's it. Okay, so that, that scene came up, and she was like, wait, Mom, that's not a real thing, is it? What is that? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> It is a real thing, and then she's like, "Yeah, but if you ride on the New York, uh, if you ride on the New York subway, they have ads up for anal fish. So there you, you can go. Read all about them." Well, Isabel turned to me subway. and goes, "Does Brian have anal fissures?" I'm like, "No, no, Brian doesn't. Brian does not. <laughs> Kevin does. Kevin yeah. does." And anyway, it was just sort of funny to to watch the episode with her. Well, this is a little bit off the topic of healthcare, but a little on the topic of just how. We're friends in real life. People ask that all the time. We're friends in real life, right, Rain? <laughs> Rain? Uh, yes, yes. Yes, we are, Jenna. <laughs> okay, we've gone to lunch. We text and Jenna, we talk do you to need, one another. Do you need affirming? Is Can this, I get this in writing? Affirming? No. Okay. No, that we're all friends in real life and we that are. we shared so much yep. of our lives uh, doing this show for so long. I remember that um, your wife, Holiday, was pregnant with your son when we were shooting the pilot. Yes, and then That's right. I, I remember he was how you born during an episode, but Rain, I couldn't remember which episode it was we were shooting. So Walter, Walter was born during the Hot Girl purse, purse Girl episode. Oh, okay, right. So they shot me out the first two days. They just were like, "Oh, we'll just shoot all rain scenes on Monday and Tuesday." And then, sure enough, late Tuesday night, Walter was born, and it was a horrific, uh, ugly, difficult birth, and. Uh, we were in the hospital emergency room and all that kind of stuff. You can read about that in my book, 
The Bassoon King. I did yes. read about it in your yes. book. Yes, I did. King. Now, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't talking to you two. I was talking to all the listeners out <laughs> there. Listeners, if you want the full story, Go you to can the, read about it get in The Rain's Bassoon book, King. The Bassoon King. Yes. It's um, a very good book. So that was kind of crazy. And then I had a couple days off and uh, I don't know. But yeah, we I shot I the- in Monday. We shot yeah. out of order. Yeah. So because the um, Hot Girl is the last episode that airs for season one, but it was we shot it in the middle. Healthcare was actually the last episode that we shot. And you had a little tiny Walter while you were shooting this episode. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember you had to come back to work Monday. You only had what? You were so like tired. Yeah. Five days off yeah. after he yeah, was we, born. Yeah, we spent the whole weekend in the hospital. We were, my wife was in the hospital for like four or five days. So we went home from the hospital maybe Sunday night or even that Monday morning. And I, I came to work on you Monday. You came to work. Episode. Oh, my God. And I remember being worried. I remember just thinking, yeah. just being concerned. I hope for, that you guys are okay. Yeah. Just emotionally with them. Yeah, happen. everything worked out great. She's great. Walter's great. All aces. It's all aces. I remember um, the first time I met your wife was on uh, when we were filming the pilot. And I remember how you introduced me to her. I'll never forget it. You said, um, oh, this, no. this is my wife, carrier of my seed. That's such a Dwight <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we yeah, were like, the, "Oh, the nice line, to meet you." And she was like, "Yeah, hi, I'm Holly." <laughs> oh, the, the line blurs. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely blurs between me and Dwight. And I think the line blurs between all of us and our characters. Oh, yeah, in some regard for sure. Rain, thank you so much for talking with us on our podcast. Hey, this was great. I love the healthcare episode, and I'll have to if you'll invite me back. I'll come into the studio, and we can sit down and. We oh. have high fives and iced tea. Yes, let's, do, let's that. do that. And you guys, we have to all check out Rain's new podcast, Metaphysical Milkshake. Yep. And Rain, that is on what? Where do we find that? It's on Luminary. Luminary. Uh, download the Luminary app and it'll be right on that Luminary app. Well, I can't wait to listen, Rain. I love you so much. Thank you. We love you. I love you guys and uh, miss you. I'm so happy you're doing this podcast and the fans are just going to love it. I All hope right. so. All right, Rain. Okay, come back. Okay, we love you. Bye. Okay, Bye. see you soon. Bye, thanks, guys. Why is it every time we talk to someone from the show, I want to start to cry? Like, I'm like tearing up a little. I don't know. I think it's just that those relationships are so fundamental to us. Yes. They are like family. And it doesn't, it's a crew member, it's a cast member. It doesn't matter. It's just such a special chapter in our lives. And just hearing Rain's voice and him laughing at you and I being chatty, it just brought me straight back. Rain, thank you so much for coming on. That just, that just made my day. One of my most favorite things about doing this podcast is when we get to partner with a new advertiser and they send us their products. And this one in particular got me excited, Angela. We got a whole box of 7th Generation products. I was so excited. Josh was so excited. 7th Generation wants you to know that human nature is messy, but nature nature can help us embrace it. 7th Generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with the power of bioenzymes. Yeah, and really good smelling bioenzymes, everyone. Yeah. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find laundry detergent and other laundry products at 7thGeneration.com. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. You guys know my dad loves it. They are so convenient, no appointment needed. You can stay in your car while they do all the work. And their friendly expert technicians have over 270 hours of training. 
and will get you in and out fast while performing a thorough, free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. I recently went to Valvoline and I got my oil changed and everyone there was so wonderful and nice and really just informative. I feel like I learned a lot about my car. Visit valvoline.com slash office ladies for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. Angela, I want to talk about something that was one of our other most popular questions, and it came from a fan, and it's something I was wondering about as well. When I watch this episode, it has to do with the accounting department, so this is for you. Okay. Paige O'Murphy asked, I love how you get to see the start of the dynamic between the accounting department and healthcare. And this is when you're leaving the conference room, Mm -hmm. and you say, you let them walk all over you. And I'm like, did you talk to him? Did you talk to He's him? Like, what was that? I'm like, it was pathetic. You, you let him walk, walk all over you. you. And then Kevin's like, what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, nothing, Kevin. Okay, so her question is, how much of that was you guys improvising and how much was written? Uh-huh. This is, to me, like the quintessential accounting department dynamic. Yes, this is on my note card because, to me, this really defined our corner, this moment. Yeah, so let's let's watch it, and then I want to hear I want to hear the real story. Okay. This is not good. That's ridiculous. Did you talk to him? What was that? You let him walk all over you. It's just pathetic. What are you guys talking about? Nothing, Kevin. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Okay, so. So so we improvised that. And here's the thing that I learned really quickly on this show. And I learned it from our B camera operator, Matt Sohn. Okay. Matt was like, Ange, if you guys have bits, make them quick. And they have a chance of getting in the show. And so um, we had this moment where we were all walking back to our desks. And and Oscar and I kind of improvised this moment where I'm like, you know, did you talk to him? And he's like, what was that? And then we kind of just had this chit chat on the way. And our B camera operator got it. And he was like, guys, if you tighten that up, it's going to make it. It'll make it in, I think, if you tighten it up. So we did. We had this back and forth. And then, of course, like I had no idea that Brian was already walking up behind us. And so he was like, what are you talking about? So I was just like, nothing, Kevin. And it just sort of, <laughs> it just sort of crystallized that. You know, like Oscar and I have this like weird sort of like office, like dysfunctional marriage in a way, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that Kevin is like our child that we're like, just stay out of it. Leave him out of it. <laughs> um, and and it was just so fun that it made it in for us. That was really fun. How did that dynamic come together? Because I know you guys would have to get stuck in the background. We've established mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But for real, you did. And I know you guys are all comedic improv performers. Well, Oscar and I had done a show together. You know, we met well before The Office. I've talked about this before. We had done a sketch show together called Hot Towel. And okay. we'd known each other a long time. We had done The Groundlings together. And I think we just naturally fell into step with one another. I knew my character was always annoyed. That, that's like that was like a that base, was your default. My baseline is I was always annoyed, and then just the way that Brian did Kevin, he seemed a little bit like the idiot. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and yeah. So pretty much, if I had anyone I could go to about something, it was Oscar, and I was always annoyed, and I was always going to him, and he never had the answers I wanted, and then I just didn't want to even talk to Kevin. So that just sort of like came about naturally, I think, and Oscar and I just picked up on all those cues. Well, I love that Greg and the directors gave our camera operators the license to Mm -hmm. pick up moments that they hadn't even been directed 
to pick to, up. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they would keep one eye open on everything that mm-hmm. was happening in the background. And especially Matt, his job was to catch reactions and to catch these little moments that mm-hmm. were happening off of the main action. And Matt went on to direct episodes in later seasons. Yes, he did. And and our director of this episode, Ken Whittingham, was so great about letting us have that creative opportunity. So when he saw us do that as we walked away, he was like, yeah, yeah, keep keep doing that. And yeah. so he encouraged us. And then, you know, we used to joke that we would have just kept going and going. <laughs> and so I'd be like, I'd have to say all I would say all the time to Brian and Oscar, it's not it's not our show, guys. It's not our show. <laughs> it's not our show. And then we had this whole like running bit that we did for years that there was an actual spinoff called Los Acantadores, Oscar, Angela y Kevin. And it lived on Telemundo. <laughs> <laughs> that was our our spinoff. Angela, that is actually a really good idea for a spinoff. Just, just the accountants. The accountants. And Creed. And Creed. The no, accountants and Creed. The account Well, I just think Creed has to work in every office. Yes. Somehow, right? Yes. Like he's always there. I, I actually would like Creed to be in every I need project. A phone number. Who's I need to call someone at Who NBC. Are you calling? I don't know. I think this is gold. I actually would like Creed to just show up in every project I have for the rest of my life. Also, he texted me this morning and he really wants to come on the show. So well, I said, he's coming on the show. Yeah, that's happening. I know exactly what episode too. Oh, you've got it all figured out. Yeah, he needs to come on for the Halloween episode, which is the oh. first episode that he speaks. No, Jenna, that is not the first episode that he speaks what? in. What? Yeah, lady, look at my note card. He has a few lines in this episode of healthcare. What? Creed does not speak in healthcare. Yes, he does. No, he does not. Lady, you have to listen. Okay, so you know the scene when Michael calls the Lackawanna (laughs) coal mine? Yes. For, you know, he's calling because he's like, hey, is there some kind of ride there? And, And there's a voice that's like, well, you know, it's an industrial elevator. goes 300 feet into the ground really slowly. And Michael's like, what is there, a laser tag down there? And he's like, nope. Remember that guy? Yeah. It's Creed. What? Yes. The voice of the coal miner guy is Creed? Yeah. No way. Well, between the two of us, I'm sure someone out there caught this, but I was watching this episode with my daughter and she was like, mommy, that voice sounds familiar. And I was like, does the voice of the man that works at the coal mine sounded familiar to us and i was like oh my gosh it's creed it's creed and i texted creed and he said yeah i was so excited he said that ken quapas who was a friend of his who was our director um he said you know creed why don't you read this and creed did and they were really happy with it and he really felt like that helped him sort of down the line for halloween because they already thought he was funny and he is so funny. He's so funny. And his, his timing is, is perfect. 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 Yes. But I want you to know, I said, Creed, oh my gosh. So that was your first speaking part on The Office was as that coal miner guy. Yeah. And he goes, no. What? I this know. Is, what? This I is episode know. three. I know. I know. You don't know this. And I'm bouncing in my chair because you don't know this. Okay. The actual first time that Creed ever spoke was in Diversity Day. What? Yes. So at the time, they needed some banter. And our first AD did not realize that Creed wasn't a series regular and didn't have a contract. That he was just a background just player. A background and you're literally like 
that the contract for background player is you are not allowed to speak. If yes. you speak, there's a big bump in pay. And they have to pay you. Yeah. Creed said the AD said to him, can you fill in some banter with Phyllis? And Creed was like, you know me, Ange, I'm not shy. That's what he said. <laughs> so he has this banter with Phyllis and it made it in the episode. And then they realized they wanted to use it, but Creed wasn't officially under contract so then they paid him and that is actually his first line well but my yeah, mind so is blown your mind is blown because creed actually had an improv line in diversity day that made it in the show and that is the first time he spoke the second time he spoke was the elevator shaft operator guy on the phone with yes. michael and then halloween as we will get to is his big big moment yes oh that is some good stuff that was a good note card lady very good note okay. card okay Okay, Angela. Well, I have trivia. Mm-hmm. I have trivia. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. I'm I just, have trivia. I'm feeling very smug with my you are my Creed trivia. Well, it was really good. All right, here's mine. Mm-hmm. You know the scene when Michael goes to the travel agent mm-hmm. where he wants to try to get us the all expense paid trip to Atlantic City. Yeah. Where he says the thing about like, isn't there like bus that takes you there and then you get all your meals comped. Everything's free. Everything's free. And the travel agent is like, yeah, I don't. I don't really know anything about that. You might want to just contact the casino. the casino directly. Do you know who played the travel agent? Is it his friend from college, Charlie Hartsock? Damn it, Angela. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Steve was really excited because his friend from, you know, like his good friend was going to be on set that day. But you weren't there that day. I wasn't, Jenna, but Steve is my friend and he shared with me. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, what else have you got? You got more note cards over there. You know what, Jenna, when I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, this really, this episode in particular, I felt like we really saw that, that peep shot. And I know we're going to talk the about peep, it. The, the spy shot, Angela? <laughs> I call it the peep shot. <laughs> uh, well, hey, please you, don't call it that to anyone else. It's called the spy shot. Well, you you just called it. We're the, spying. Um, we're not ca- peeping. Excuse me. You call the background actors lurkers. So <laughs> we're lurking and we're peeping. Okay. But wow. it's just that shot where you go through the blinds, right? Yeah. And we saw that a lot in this episode because Michael is hiding. He yeah. is hiding in his office. And one of my favorite ones, when you're being sassy, the Pam, oh my gosh, the this Pam is a sass. peep and a sass. It's a peep and a Pam sass. So we're looking through the blinds and Michael is just playing with his truck. He's rolling yeah. the truck back and forth. And he's claiming forth. that there's many calls coming yeah, in. Yeah, busy, 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 busy. And Pam goes, still no one calling. Yeah. Still no one calling. It's matter of fact. You if find matter no, of factness to be sass. No, I think there's a little bit of sass on it. Um, but yeah, so I thought, I love that you got to see how we spy on people through the camera, that we get to see these moments. They don't know that we're seeing. Yeah. And you'll see it over and over. But when I watched the BBC version of this show, and then when I watched our version, those those were the only shows doing that at this time. We were really trying to employ what you would do on an actual documentary where you want to like catch people when they're not aware they're being filmed. Mm-hmm. And we behave differently when we are being know we're being filmed or not. And so that was, we would use the spy shot when we needed to mm-hmm. catch people. Or the peep shot. Okay. Or the peep shot, as Angela is calling on, it. Moving on, moving on. All right, on. next uh, card. Two, two observations about John in this episode. The first one has to do with his hair. John has a full-on bowl haircut in this. What? Yes. Sam, can you pull up a picture of John in this to show Jenna? I grew up in a small town, and some of these farm boys, they would just put a bowl on their head and cut their hair around it. (laughs) What was that about? I don't know. Look at that. 
that? Oh, Look at that. Oh, it's at a 14 bowl. minutes and 19 I seconds. Mean, that's full bowl. Full bowl. Okay. And then the other thing I notice about John is that John says D White. He does say He says D White. I say Dwight. Dwight. I say Dwight. He said well he doesn't say D White. He says Dwight. Dwight. Okay. Dwight. John says D White. D White. Dwight. Dwight. <laughs> oh my God. John says Dwight. And I say Dwight. I say Dwight. Mm-hmm. Dwight. I, I I absolutely love it now because it just makes me miss John. And every time I hear him say Dwight. Dwight, it just makes me smile. So there are my two John observations. I have an observation about mm-hmm. Jim okay. in this episode, which is, and and actually, if Fan pointed this out as well, I had noticed it, but I will give some props to the other person who noticed it, except I don't have their name written down. I'm sorry. Person out there, you know who you are. Yeah. Which is that all of this could have been avoided if Jim had just taken 15 minutes and picked a plan. No, I know. No, The he, way he was asked in the beginning of the episode. Yes. I mean, he ends up having this fun, playful day with Pam. But if we're going to get real here, it cost him and everyone else in the office decent health care. On the other hand, in his defense, I will say the task was to slash the health care. So I'm not sure he could have done much better than Dwight, but maybe he could have. Well, Does that make him kind of not as charming? I don't know. Well, I think what this happens— This is an argument. I think what happens in this show is that Michael passes the buck to Jim, and Jim passes it to Dwight, and it happens over and over. It does. It does. And Jim is just like, listen, I don't get paid enough to do this. Yeah, well, and I think the argument really can be made that Jim knew it was inevitable. Like, what we ended up with is what we were going to end up with. Although, the other argument can be made that Dwight made it worse than it needed to be. Okay, I have another note card. Okay. Okay, here it is. So, one of the things I love about our props department is just all the little details in the back. And a great example of this is all of the motivational posters that you see around Dunder Mifflin. There's so many. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. I like to think that, like, Michael Scott really thinks they're going to get everyone to like <laughs> like feel affirmed in their day. So, you know, there's one behind you in reception that just says teamwork. Yep. And it's a bunch of people. They've jumped out of a plane and they're all locking arms. That teamwork. Teamwork. But th- these are all over the office. So at 15 minutes, 50 seconds around there, it flashes to the clock on the wall. And under the clock, you just see it says self-affirmations, self-esteem. And then you can't see what else it says. But I'm like, what is under the clock? What are all these self-affirmations? The detail work in our set design was incredible. It and was. that was Michael Gallenberg. He was oh, our set designer. He was so amazing. And so many details. And then the props department would... Anytime there was some sheet of paper that we had to look at as a prop, it was Mm -hmm. a fully formed idea. Mm -hmm. You know, if there was a memo, they wrote out like a whole real fake memo. And they were funny. Stationary. There's always funny little jokes hidden in them. And also all around the office, if you're in the break room, the menus, the magnets on the fridge, they're all from Scranton. Yeah. They reached out to local businesses in Scranton. And they all sent their their items, and they're all throughout our office. Also, of course, Froggy, 95.5. Yes. Local Scranton Radio. That's what should be your playlist. <laughs> you should have just listened to some Froggy. I really should have. All right. This episode ends with Michael coming out of his office. He's successfully hidden in his office until 5 p.m., after mm-hmm. 5 p.m., and the entire office is waiting to confront him, mm-hmm. both about 
the horrible healthcare plan that Dwight picked, and to finally find out, please, what is the surprise? Because yes. he's come in attempting to surprise us with ice cream sandwiches. Oh, he about hit me in the head with an ice cream sandwich. Yes. I mean, Steve actually, like, <laughs> like the look on his face after that take, I was he was like, Ange, how close did that come? I was like, Steve, you pretty much almost hit me in the head with it. And he also announced so proudly, Operation Surprise. Yes. And so we're like, okay, what what is it? What is it? And it's all he could come up with in his whole day was ice cream sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So now it's the end. And then he says that's not the surprise. It's surprising, but it is not <laughs> the surprise. So at the end of the episode, you confront him. I do. I love it. I loved being the person that confronted him because Steve is so funny and he turned to me and he's like, yes, Angela. <laughs> like, Thank you for reminding yes. me. So you ask him point blank, what is the surprise, mm-hmm. Michael? And then he says, the surprise is. And then he short circuits. He His, just stops talking. He just stops talking and it just starts to have like upper lip sweat. Yeah. And we all are just looking at him. It is so awkward. It's so awkward. And I remember when we did it, like timing it out to that moment where we start to like slowly leave each person. Yes. And how long that felt. Yes. It felt so long. It really did as we were standing there. And they they had choreographed the order in which we would leave. Mm -hmm. And of course, we did many takes. So we would have to come back and reset. And I remember thinking, are we going to leave this? This is a giant pause with no dialogue. Is this going to be able to stay in? Because that was not something you did on television shows. Mm -mm. In fact, on television shows, especially comedies, it was pretty traditional to have like set up, set up joke, set up, set up joke. Mm -hmm. And this was like a whole different rhythm. And so... Yeah, I remember this. And I remember he just had to stand there. Oh, it was so awkward. And then when you watch it, it's so like cringy, but it's perfect. It's perfect. It's so good. And I and there's so many times, like when I watch episodes of The Office where I'm like, how does Michael come back from that? <laughs> like I say that to myself, like, how does he come back the next day and be we like- We all knew there was no oh, surprise. We all knew, but man, we made him suffer through that pause. And then best last line ever, after that <laughs> suffering yes. silence- Yeah. Rain says, oh, um, Jan wants you to call her. <laughs> so good. So good. Aw, that's healthcare, guys. That is healthcare. Thank you so much, Rain Wilson, for calling in. And it was just so great to hear your voice. And guys, if we missed anything, remember, you can write us at officeladies at earwolf.com. Mm-hmm. And just put the uh, put the episode name in the subject line so that we can easily sort through things. Put the episode in the subject line or Jenna's going to be ticked off. I won't be ticked You're gonna off. You're going to get some Pam You're sass. You're going to get some Pam sass. You might get Pam sass. Oh, I'm just going to go listen to the sounds of Scranton. I'll be right back. (laughs) I'll see you guys next week. See you next week when we do The Alliance. The Alliance. Oh, there's so much good stuff in that one. Not to be missed. Not to be missed. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. Remember, you can listen to ad-free versions of Office Ladies on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips, 
and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. 